Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The announcement of Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL, the New York Giants, and also the Miami Dolphins. Uh, that was earlier today on ESPN. It's uh, continuing to evolve across the day, but uh, let's get as uh, good as an explanation as I think we're going to find around the place of uh, what's going on over there at the moment and head on over to the United States. Nope. <laughs> The stinger almost didn't want to fire, but uh, I know this next man will certainly most uh, fire. So here he is, uh, Chris Perkins. Chris from St. Louis, Missouri, joining us on the Overnight Crowd. Good morning, Chris. Well, you're putting some pressure on me. <laughs> you're looking for a good explanation about all of this. I, I, I feel the pressure, but this, wow, this is a huge deal. Mm. Um, the, this, this lawsuit, this story, this bomb dropped about... Three o'clock my time, central time yesterday afternoon. Uh, I saw the alert on my phone, and I'm like, oh, boy. And this thing just hit like a bomb. Everybody in sports media over here went nuts with it, especially ESPN. Um, From what I saw on Twitter, NFL Network, Fox Sports 1, really didn't do a lot of covering. ESPN's been all over this. and there, there's good reason. This is a huge story, a story that the NFL doesn't want to the week before the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, not ideal timing at the uh, very least. And uh, it's interesting, as you say, the uh, the league sort of channel and also uh, the uh, host sort of broadcast are not getting involved into it. But uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it feels like this has been coming for quite a while. Um, we've had different acute points. I mean, even as the uh, you know casual sort of NFL fan has seen, where it has got to a point where black coaches, either in the league or you know out of the league, have come together and said, "There's an issue here." It keeps getting to a point, and now we have a single. Um, coach themselves that has the receipts basically of what looks like, I don't know if it is collusion or, you know, what you would call it, but there's a situation around him that is just basically not on. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's been, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of discussion about that. I, and this, this goes back decades. I mean, the Rooney rule, and you've heard a lot of talk about the Rooney rule, that was implemented in 2003, so we are talking 20 years mm. since the Rooney Rule, which was designed to encourage teams when they're hiring for GMs, head coaches, coordinators to hire to interview minority candidates. And there was actually a, a minimum requirement. The current Rooney Rule is interviewing at least two minority external minority candidates 
one of a minimum of one of them in person for any GM head coach coordinator position. Uh, and, and it was designed to encourage um, teams to look at candidates of color, minorities, for these head coaching jobs, because for these coaching jobs and GM jobs, because the those jobs have traditionally mostly been filled by white guys. So it was to diversify the pool, the hiring pool, allegedly. What Brian Flores is alleging in his lawsuit, in part, is that it's that, yeah, minority candidates are being interviewed. They are sham interviews simply to pick the Rooney Rule box to avoid fines from the NFL. And that's all the interviews are for. And he documents specifically what happened to him in regards to the New York Giants. He was a candidate for the New York Giants job um, last month, uh, the job that was given just recently to Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator in Buffalo. Um, he alleges that, so well, he, he presents um, text messages from Bill Belichick, the head coach of the New England Patriots, congratulating him on getting uh, on being the guy in for the New York Giants. Now, he, Bill Belichick's words in the te- original text message doesn't say, "I heard you got the job. Congratulations! I heard you got the Giants' job. Congratulations!" It wasn't that specific. Uh, I believe I didn't write this down exactly, but. Uh, Belichick said, you're the guy in New York. For, you're the guy for the Giants. Mm. Brian Flores hadn't even interviewed for the job yet. He was, The text message was apparently sent January 24th. Flores wasn't interviewed for the job until January 27th. Mm. Yeah, that's... And, and, and Flores was clarifying with, uh, with Bill... Uh, do you mean Brian Flores? Do you might mean Brian Dayball? It's, uh, Belichick went back and said, "Sorry, I effed that up. I reread the text message and it was the wrong guy. Apparently, it was Dayball." Well, so that that gave Flores the thought. So they've already got their guy. They're going to hire. Why are they interviewing me? Now he went ahead and, and did the interview with the Giants. Uh, the the lawsuit, the the wording in the lawsuits. Um, pulling on my notes here, trying to find where. Um, yeah, the, he accuses the Giants of interviewing him and forced him to sit through dinner with um, the new New York Giants general manager, Joe Shane, knowing they'd already hired Dable. Now, the, there, there's question, have they actually hired him? Have they settled on him? Or was he just the leading candidate? That's that's kind of semantics there. But mm. he got the impression from Bill Belichick's text messages that Dayball was the guy they were going to hire. Ultimately, he was right. Dayball was hired. <laughs> so uh, it just yeah. So those texts, if uh, anyone hasn't seen them, so Bill Belichick opens the interaction and says, "Sounds like you've landed. Uh, congrats." Um, so then uh, Brian goes back with, "Did you hear something I didn't hear?" Uh, Bill Belichick comes back with Giants. And uh, Flores says, I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. But uh, Bill Belichick comes back and says, got it. I hear from Buffalo and New York Giants that you are their guy. I hope it works out uh, if you want it. And uh, so Brian comes back and says, that's definitely what I want. I hope you're right. Coach, uh, thank you. But does follow it up pretty quickly after saying, Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dabble? Just making sure. And as it turns out, yep, uh, Bill Belichick has had a shocker as far as sending that message and uh, sort of revealed a lot of the behind-the-scenes things that have, uh, yeah, 
yeah, uh, clicked a lot of things into Brian Flores' mind, I think. Yeah, and, you know, that, like you said, the Giants piece of the lawsuit, that's just part of this. Uh, some other big, big explosive stuff out of the, out of the lawsuit comes from his time in Miami, which he was just fired from the Miami Dolphins last month after back-to-back winning seasons, the Dolphins' first back-to-back winning seasons in 20 years, since 2003. Mm. Uh, so he had a pretty good rundown in Miami, and, and that includes the 2019 season, which was pretty awful for, for Miami. Now, apparently, it was supposed to have been even worse than, than what it wound up being down there because Flores is accusing the owner of the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, of two big things. And the interview I heard with Flores just a little, just before I came on here on Get Up with uh, Mike Greenberg, um, they glossed over. They didn't even mention the second part of it. But the first part of it was that Stephen Ross thought, the, uh, allegedly thought, that Flores was working way too hard at trying to win. They were in tanking mode. They, it was tank for Tua mode. Remember in 2019, because Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback out of Alabama, was supposed to be the the hot quarterback, the the, the awesome quarterback that everybody wanted and was going to go number one. And you know, apparently the Dolphins really wanted Tua, and they were going to do everything in their power to get him, including tanking, losing games on purpose. And Flores is alleging that Stephen Ross. Offered him a hundred thousand dollars per loss in the 2019 season in an attempt to secure the highest draft pick they possibly could. Mm. Now the way it worked out, uh, they got to it anyway at the number five pick in the draft <laughs> because yeah. I mean, he he wasn't the number one pick. Um, Joe Burrow actually was the number one pick that in the 2019 in the, in the 2020 draft after the 2019 season. Um, Tua fell to fifth, and wouldn't you know it, Miami wound up getting him anyway in the draft. But wow. the the fact that an owner would would offer a hundred thousand dollars if that's proven in court, and every every word in this lawsuit, remember. Before you jump to conclusions, these are allegations from one side that still have to be proven in court. But if they're true, if they are proven, that that brings into the integrity of the game. And mind you, the NFL is now taking a lot of money from gambling gambling companies, sports books, mm. because sports gambling is more widespread now than it's ever been in this country. The NFL is taking money from from these sports books, and the first thing about sports betting is you expect the game to have integrity, that the results are based on actions on the field and not off of it. Mm. Um, I do want to get to uh, what the uh, NFL may do if uh, this is all proven to be uh, truthful, but I don't completely understand uh, the league tampering rules. And with, uh, you know, Flores and also Ross at uh, the Miami Dolphins, uh, Ross wanted a prominent quarterback, which was in violation of league tampering rules. Uh, so he, he persevered with that situation, though, didn't he? So which was what Brian Flores didn't want to do at all. And he had to leave a lunch date on a yacht when a prominent quarterback that we're told of arrived. Yeah, and I was racking my brain last night thinking, 
okay, who's the prominent quarterback? Because the quarterback is not named. Mm. The speculation is the prominent quarterback in question is Tom Brady. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> that, that's the speculation. And that's the name I came to. I came, I came to two names. I came to Deshaun Watson, which there's been flirtation between Miami and Deshaun Watson yep. re, or regarding Sean, Deshaun Watson uh, dating back you know, a year or two now at, at the very least. Uh, then I was thinking, okay, who is maybe moving teams or possibly moving teams in winter of 2020? And uh, came down to Tom Brady, who ultimately did move teams. He went from New England to to Tampa Bay as a free agent. But at the time that the meeting would have happened, which would have been about January of 2020, Tom Brady was under contract to the New England Patriots. Now, everybody knew his contract was voiding. But still, he was under contract, and by league rules, a a player that's under contract is untouchable by other teams. He can't talk to them. He can't have okay. meetings with them when they are under contract. And if it was Brady or whoever, well, whoever the quarterback was, doesn't matter who it was. If the quarterback, if the player was under contract, you're not supposed to be meeting with them when you're another team. Brian Flores knows that. He understands that rule. Stephen Ross apparently has issues with that rule, if that, if that allegation is true, because that is a blatant violation of, of league tampering rules. And that could cost an owner a whole lot of money, uh, could cost the team draft picks. That, that's the punishment that, that, a, that a team can face. But it is a blanket rule. If a player is under contract to one team, other teams are not supposed to be having meetings. Hmm. With, with that player, and so that that would be a blatant violation of tampering. Flores, to his credit, told his owner, "I can't have this meeting," and left, according to the lawsuit. And again, to his credit for doing the right thing by league rules. Mm. Seems to be uh, about the only man of integrity in the uh, situation at the moment, as Brian Flores. Uh, Adam Beasley from the NFL Network uh, reported that the rumour in Miami has long been that Brady would have picked the Dolphins over the Buccaneers if not for Brian Flores being the Dolphins coach. Uh, any thoughts around that? I mean, it is a rumour only. Yeah, I, I, I don't think... I mean, Brady had his choice of teams once he became a free agent. Mm. Um I, I think he I think he liked Tampa. I think he liked Bruce Arians. I, I don't know what type of relationship he had with Flores. Flores was in New England. He was an assistant in New England. So I would have thought that uh, Brian Flores and Tom Brady would have had a at least a pretty decent professional relationship. Now Flores, I think, was more of a he was more of a defensive guy. Mm. So he may not have interacted much with Brady, being the quarterback. But listen, Brady would have been in the building, and you know, by all reports. Brady gets along with everybody who works his butt off. Okay, he, he is—he has universally been called the greatest teammate anybody's ever had. Because a, he works his butt off. B, he expects you to work your butt off, and when you do, he loves you to death and will and will fight wars with you. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, well, yeah. Pretty good. I, I, I don't think. I don't, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he would give a damn who the coach was mm. uh, in Miami if he thought he was in a good situation. Uh, looking at the Miami roster, he probably looked at the Miami roster and went, yeah, nah, 
<laughs> where uh, I'll, go, I'll I'll find somewhere else. They probably had absolutely nothing to do with Brian Flores. In fact, I, I would stake my I would stake my next three paychecks that it had absolutely nothing to do with Brian Flores. Why he didn't go to Miami and everything to do with everybody above him and the roster, which was a mess. At the moment, we are talking NFL with uh, plenty of news going on around the place, including Brian Flores's uh, lawsuit that he has announced today. So uh, let's welcome back Chris from St. Louis, Missouri, to the program. Good morning again, Chris. Good morning again. I'm driving through downtown Memphis, Tennessee, about to cross the, road, cross the Mississippi River. <laughs> Lovely stuff, mate. And uh, so does that mean that you're away from that snowstorm that's been uh, you know, following you around a little bit? Uh, well, there's a new snowstorm that's coming in. It's hitting my home right now in southeast right. Missouri. It's okay. hitting St. Louis hard. I am uncomfortably close to it. In fact, Memphis right now is under a, something called an ice storm warning. And those are three Ugh. words I never hear like hearing uh, put together. There, Nothing ever good comes out of an ice storm warning. But... <laughs> I should be out of here. I'm going to be going to Arkansas down in Texas, and I should stay ahead of the frozen stuff. Oh. Just enough ahead that I avoid it completely. So fingers crossed that it happens. I'm going to be driving like crazy today to to, to make sure I stay ahead of it. Well, we got our fingers crossed for you, mate. Uh, you did give me the heads up that Brian Flores was going to be on ESPN's Get Up, and uh, he's wrapped his interview on uh, Get Up by saying he's very hopeful he'll coach in the NFL again, but he understands the risk of filing a lawsuit like this. The quote saying, if change comes and I never coach again, it'll be worth it. Um, it's just, it's heartbreaking hearing uh, the words that he has, especially with the statement that he released about the talent that he has for coaching and the feel that he's not allowed or has been held back from being able to do that. Yeah, it would be, it would be a shame if he doesn't coach again, but that he, he's, he's a realist. He understands that making a, filing a lawsuit like this, this is something that is explosive. Hmm. I when when I when I saw in fact when I texted you last night last night my time about this I, I think the word I used was incendiary and that's that was the first word that came to my mind this is setting the world on fire with this lawsuit is um, and and he realizes this may cost him a coaching job and in fact he's a candidate for two coaching jobs that are still open he is a finalist. Uh, for the Houston Texans job, he's being actively considered for the Houston Texans job, which is really kind of interesting because uh, he does cite the what happened to David Culley just recently, the the last head coach of the Houston Texans, in the lawsuit that he filed. Uh, but he's also interviewing, I believe, tomorrow, second interview for the New Orleans Saints job yeah. that was just uh, vacated by Sean Payton. So he's st and he said in his get-up interview, I listened to that before I, I got on here, right before I got on here, uh, he said he told Houston and he told New Orleans both that he was filing a lawsuit, filing this lawsuit, and, and apparently they're still interviewing him and consider him a candidate for these jobs. So it's possible one of these teams hires – Brian Flores, and this lawsuit is still active, mm. which might make things a little bit awkward for for the NFL in general. But I think I think Brian Flores is a good head coach. 
I thought he did a great job down in Miami considering the limitations he was under with that roster, with yes. the issues that roster was having there in Miami. Back-to-back winning seats with that team um, was, was a good job, and I thought he was building something down there. And I think he deserves to get another head coaching job in the NFL because he's good. Mm. Um, uh, the, another comment from when he was on Get Up, uh, when he realised Bill Belichick was texting the wrong guy, uh, he said disbelief, humiliation, that was a tough pill to swallow. I have a great amount of respect for Bill mm-hmm. and Brian Dabble. I was upset that I wasn't getting a true opportunity to show what I can do. Yeah, uh, and he, I mean, that, obviously that he's got strong feelings about it. Uh, I mean, Brian Dabble, the, and, and they made, he made it clear that this has nothing to do with Brian Dayball mm. as a coach. He thought he thinks Brian is an outstanding coach. He hopes he does well at the New York Giants. It, that it's about the system. It's about the hiring system in general in the NFL for minorities in coaching positions. And the lawsuit cites a number of, of different statistics. Um, and now you can get bogged down by the statistics, and you know the saying: there are three, three things in life: lies, damn lies, and statistics. <laughs> and the lawsuit throws out plenty of them. But here, here are some of them that jumped out at me. Um, since uh, let's see, since 2012, uh, there have been 15 uh, black hires for for head coaching positions. That's 11 percent uh, of the hires. Mm. Or, uh, no, since two, that's since 2003. There have been 15 black hires for head coaching positions mm. uh, of the 129 total in that time frame. None of the 10 hired since 2012 still hold a head coaching position. 25% of whites hired in that time are, are still a head coach, some obviously with other teams. Uh, since 2012, and I find it interesting slightly that they, they, they use some of these numbers based on 2012 because otherwise, if they go back any further, go back to like 2005, they've got to include Mike Tomlin, who's been the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers for 15 years. Okay. And, in fact, is currently the only black head coach. So, again, statistics, they, they tell you a story. They don't tell you the whole story. But with it being a lawsuit, um, the, plain, the, the plaintiff making the filing, they're adding stuff that makes their case look better. So, to, you know, take everything you read in a lawsuit with a grain of salt. And that's, that's just a general rule. But also, since 2012, black head coaches, average tenure two and a half years, white head coaches, three and a half years so Mm. the allegation is whites get more time to rebuild and they cite specifically the the case of david Colley and jim caldwell and jim caldwell is an interesting one i took a lot of notes on on this section i also mentioned steve wilkes as well at arizona so there's three of them here but caldwell in indianapolis and in detroit here's jim caldwell's record 14 and 2 in 2009, won the AFC Championship. 10 and 6 in 2010, won the AFC South. They went 2 and 14 in 2011. So they they kind of fell off the cliff. You know why they fell off the cliff? They didn't have Peyton Manning the entire year in 2011, and he was fired after the 2011 season. Yeah, made no sense to me at the time. Makes even less sense to me now why you would do that. Because he was doing an outstanding job. And in 2012, oh, by the way, they got Andrew Luck as, as their quarterback. And he turned out to be pretty good. Mm. So he goes on to Detroit, coaches four years in Detroit. 
from 2014 to 2017, goes 11 and 5, 7 and 9, 9 and 7, 9 and 7. Three winning seasons in four years. Um, record of, and I'm going to have to do the math now, 18, 27, 36 and 14, 36 and 28. That's a 563 winning percentage. That's the best record by a Detroit coach since the 1950s. <laughs> wow. And he was let, and he was let go. Um, he was let go. He was fired by the Lions after the 20, uh, 2017 season. The Lions since then have gone seventeen forty six and two. Right. No good. <laughs> and I think they, I think they're they, they're now on their second head coach since they fired Jim Caldwell. Mm. Uh, again, another firing that made no sense. Jim Caldwell, of course, is black. Okay. Mm. The, the case of David Culley, four in, the Houston Texans go four and twelve in twenty twenty in in twenty twenty with Deshaun Watson as their quarterback. Twenty twenty one, they've got issues up and down the joint. They've gotten rid of DeAndre Hopkins, JJ Watts gone, uh, two of their anchors. Deshaun Watson has his issues; doesn't take a snap at all in twenty twenty one. He's trotting out uh, Tyrod Taylor. And Davis Mills, a third-round rookie quarterback, to play quarterback, to play starting quarterback in the NFL. You don't do that. Sending out third-round rookies to be your starting quarterback. The record mm. this year for Houston, four and twelve, the exact same as it was in twenty twenty. Yeah. David Culley just got fired. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> so he cites that. Uh, he cites. He cites those. And Steve Wilkes, who got fired in Arizona after going three and thirteen. Fired after one season, same as Cully was. He cites these in the lawsuit as institutional issues mm. at the ownership level, and the the implication is these are a bunch of old white guys who are making the hiring decisions for head coaches, and they are reverse to hiring candidates of color. Mm. And see the 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 allegations they they lead you to think that as well. Uh, when you're when you're reading this, and you know, I'm speaking as a middle-aged white guy saying that. Mm. Do we know what sort of consequences could be on offer if these allegations are to be proven true? I don't think it's you know in the same areas as all as uh, Donald Sterling when he was owner of the Clippers and he was under those you know sort of accusations where he sold the uh, team. Is there any sort of you know suggestions or yeah, what, what sort of punishment could the Miami Dolphins ownership be looking at if uh, this is proven uh, true, or is it more of a you know litigation sort of a, a you know cash sort of a, a situation at the end? I, I think there's there all there are a lot of separate separate possible punishments. I mean, for for the tanking and the tampering in Miami, that that could be financial penalties by the league to the Dolphins, um, also draft picks for for the tampering. I mean, it, and it could be significant, like in the millions of dollars uh, of financial penalties from the league uh, that the league tells the Dolphins they have to pay. Um, more so for the NFL and for its teams in general. Um, Flores is more interested in just seeing a, seeing a change in the hiring practices. And, and he says he wants to see a change in the heart uh, of the owners of this league. That is such a difficult thing to do because, you know, these, yeah. these are older guys. They are billionaires. They are set in their ways. And it is very difficult to change the the hearts and minds of anybody in a, in a short-term process. 
the, he wants to see change. My concern is, and, and this is my biggest concern about all of this, is that what change do we make that isn't a massive overcorrection? Because the goal is to hire is to hire ultimately the best candidate for the job, for yes. the head coaching job, a GM job, OCDC, special teams coordinator, what have you, these high-end jobs in, in, in a, on NFL staffs. You want the best candidate, but you, ha- you have to have the, pool, the, the hiring pool open. You have to be open to hiring anybody, regardless of their skin color, because the, the color of somebody's skin is irrelevant mm. to their ability to coach. You know, it is live the, it, it, what I say is live the words of Dr. Martin Luther King. And the first page in the lawsuit, in fact, has a very, very appropriate quote from Dr. King uh, about, I can't make somebody love me, but I, but I can make somebody hire me. Mm. If they don't hire me because of the color of my skin, okay. I can't make somebody love me, but I can make something like that. I, I, I paraphrase yeah. that's the gist of it. All right. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that, that speaks to, I, in fact, if you pull up the lawsuit, it's right there. First page of it. Uh, I unfortunately can't pull it up right now and, and get the exact quote, but it's a, it's a very good quote from Dr. King. And, and it's about, Trying to, you know, trying to change, you know, the, how difficult it is to change hearts and minds of somebody, mm-hmm. and that's going to be a that's going to be a thing where it's going to take having to cycle through new owners as these, you know, these older gentlemen who own NFL teams who are white, you know, someday they will pass on. Okay, they will they will pass on to to the other side, and their teams will be owned by somebody who is presumably younger and maybe more open to hiring people of color. Um, I, I would hope that's, that didn't have to happen, that people would, you know, that, that owners today would look at hiring the best candidate regardless of the color of their skin mm. because that, that piece is totally and completely irrelevant. My worry is about overcorrecting. The NFL could come down with an edict tomorrow saying you will not hire a white coach. They could go that far. They won't, but they could go that far. But uh, And that would solve the problem of a lack of minority coaches in the mm. NFL if they did that. But what exactly would that solve? That's, that's, uh, that's trying to solve racism with more racism from a different direction. And that's yeah. always my concern mm. is that there is an overcorrection. My goal I, I would think it's the same as Brian Flores' goal, that the best candidate gets hired. Yep. Now, he thinks he's the best candidate, and I happen to agree he's the best candidate for a lot of these jobs. He would be a great hire, and he wants, but he wants a fair shot. He feels he is getting interviewed and that other black coaches or prospective coaches are getting interviewed just to tick a box to tick the Rooney Rule bots, and they're not getting a fair shot. And I believe, along with Brian Flores, that that is dead wrong. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I agree with uh, you and also Brian and Chris. This is why I had such confidence uh, with uh, you explaining to us the uh, situation, mate. We have uh, covered it comprehensively. We do have to continue uh, on into the night, but I do have uh, two questions here on the text line to get to quickly. The first from Dave in Bayswater North saying, okay. G'day, Heater. Can you ask the champ if uh, Gronkowski is still going to play on now that his mate has retired? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh, the answer to that question is no. No. All right. That's easy. I don't see any chance on Gronk is going to go back to doing what Gronk does, which I think is smash beer cans on his forehead and, nice. and run around shirtless. Shirtless. Yeah. Or whatever Gronk does. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, I'm Dave. I'm not. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the thought of Gronk, Gronk. actually uh, of Gronk's reaction to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hmm. when they asked him. So yeah, we know Brady. We're, we know Brady's gone. We're going to be good. And, and I just get that, that meme I see all the time or that gif on, on Twitter that I see all the time yeah. uh, from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air of, of the the uncle laughing as he's putting his coat on and walking away. Oh, yeah, see that scene. <laughs> That's what I was laughing at. And uh, Dino asks, uh, what do you and Chris think of the Washington Commanders? Would have preferred the Commandos, but will always be the Washington Redskins to me. That's Dean. <laughs> That, that's what it's going to wind up being. That's what it's going to wind up being unofficially known as for a lot of te- a lot of fans who really hate Washington. Uh, Commanders, it, it's okay. It wasn't. My, it wouldn't have been my first choice. My first choice was the Red Tails, uh, yep. which, which would have honored the Tuskegee Airmen, which would have been to honor the Tuskegee Airmen. We, we we talk about you know racial you know racial issues. Uh, this entire conversation in the NFL to honor the Tuskegee Airmen, uh, the the black air uh, the black uh, squadron from World War II, when when the U.S. military was segregated, and, and this squadron of all black pilots, uh, flying fighters escorting bomber runs over Germany, I thought that would have been a very nice way to mm. to honor them with the team name of the the. Of the Washington football team, um, it is better. The the name Commanders, it's better than the football team, yeah. and it is a definite improvement over their former name. That's uh, 100% agreement once again, Chris, and I uh, really appreciate the time and efforts once again, mate. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Overnight Crowd. Have a great day. Uh, I will real quick, just real quick, the U.S. national team, soccer team, yeah. uh, they've got a World Cup qualifier in, uh, they've got a World Cup qualifier against Honduras tonight. They're in second, four points behind of all teams, Canada, <laughs> in the CONCACAF qualifying. But I find it interesting, they are playing tonight against Honduras at, uh, at Allianz, uh, Allianz Field in St. Paul, Minnesota, oh, where yeah. I think the temperature at kickoff tonight will be about 9 degrees Fahrenheit, <laughs> which is about minus 15, about oh. minus 13, 14 Celsius. It is an outdoor stadium. <laughs> Somebody at the U.S. Soccer Federation has a sick, twisted sense of humor game in February in St. Paul at Honduras. They've uh, stitched Honduras up a big time there. Chris, thank you so much once again, mate. Big time. Have a good night. Yeah, have a good night. Chris from St. Louis, Missouri, joining us on the Overnight Crowd and doing a phenomenal job of it, getting us across that Brian Flores lawsuit, which is going to continue on to be a very interesting scenario as it continues on. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um... Occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex Composite Decking is low maintenance. 
and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.